0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company & Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations.
1: Hola, my name is Mike Sargent. I am the Senior Production Manager here at Latino USA, And part of my job is basically to keep the trains running and create procedures and protocols that help the great journalists that we have working for us do the great work that they do. I want to wish Latina USA a very happy 30th anniversary. I'm very proud to be part of this team, and I look forward to many more years working with Latina USA. This is Latino USA, the radio journal of news and cultura. It's Latino USA. It's Latino Welcome USA. to Latino USA. I'm Maria Inojosa. We bring you stories that are underreported, but that matter to stories you, overlooked by the rest of the media. And while the country is struggling to deal with these we problems, we listen to the stories of Black and Latino students. A united Latino front, a cultural renaissance, organizing at the forefront of the movement. I'm Maria Inojosa. No se vayan.
2: My work wouldn't be what it is if I had not been through the revolution. I think the revolution made me who I am. A lot of my experience comes from that, the good and the bad.
1: From Futuro Media and PRX, it's Latino USA. I'm Maria Hinojosa. Today, a conversation with the poet and the revolutionary from Nicaragua, Gio Condabelli. It's 1961 in Nicaragua, and a group of young people literally decide to become revolutionaries to fight against the Somoza family, a dynasty of dictators they had ruled for over 40 years with the support of the U.S. government. I want the American people to help me as I helped them for 30 years to fight communists. I think that the United States cannot afford to lose a good partner as Nicaragua is. The revolutionaries called themselves the Sandinista National Liberation Front, also known as the FSLN. As a little girl, I remember hearing about the FSLN and they had this goal to topple a dictator. It seemed almost impossible. And yet when I was just about to go to college in 1979, I witnessed the moment when these revolutionaries finally accomplished what nobody thought was possible, to remove the Samosas from power. When the Sandinista guerrillas marched into Managua, Yuconda Belli, who was a Sandinista, who was in exile in Costa Rica, forced there by the Somoza regime, and also in exile was Daniel Ortega, who is the current president of Nicaragua. After the victory of the revolution in 1979, they both returned to Nicaragua to help rebuild the nation. But more than 40 years later, Gioconda Belli is no longer an FSLN militant. She is an award-winning author. And once again, she is in exile, stripped of her Nicaraguan citizenship by the person who once was her comrade, President Daniel Ortega. We're gonna help you understand how the paths of these two once revolutionaries diverged so radically The success of the Sandinista revolution was followed by more than a decade of civil war with the emergence of the Contras. This was a counter-revolutionary, far-right faction supported actively and with millions of dollars and aid by the Republican Reagan administration. The Reagan administration's
0: determination to sell arms secretly to Iran And to help guerrillas fighting the Marxist government of Nicaragua, despite congressional objections,
1: was the engine that drove the Iran-Contra policy. I don't think it was wrong. I think it was a neat idea. And while Daniel Ortega became the first freely elected president of Nicaragua in 1984, six years later, he ran again, but he lost the country's vote. Only one candidate had Washington's blessing, and with it, substantial financial help
0: to fund the coalition's campaign. After the votes were counted, it was Violeta Chamorro who addressed her jubilant supporters as Nicaragua's new president-elect.
1: Ortega tried to return to power in every single election that followed. Finally, he succeeded in 2007. But by then... The FSLN was no longer the revolutionary party of the guerrillas and the poets of the 1970s, and neither was Ortega, who, with now 16 consecutive years in power, has grown increasingly authoritarian and repressive. Gioconda belli was a part of the revolutionary government at first, but then she began to separate from the FSLN, and to dedicate herself more to literature, to publishing novels, essays, collections of poems, as well as a memoir about her time as a revolutionary. She began to split her time between Nicaragua and Southern California in the United States, where she moved to after marrying an American journalist. Through her writing and public appearances, Chia became one of the most prominent Nicaraguan voices now against Daniel Ortega, particularly after the violent repression that followed massive anti-government protests in 2018. In February of this year, the Ortega regime accused Gioconda, along with more than 300 other journalists, students, writers, human rights activists, and opposition leaders, accused them of treason and then stripped them of their Nicaraguan citizenship. I recently connected with Gioconda across the Atlantic. She's now living in Madrid after the Spanish government there offered her citizenship. We talked about her long history of standing up to dictators, what she finds revolutionary in writing, and what hopes she still has for the future of Nicaragua. Here's our conversation. Welcome to Latino USA, Gioconda Belli. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Thank you, Maria. Nice to be here with you. I was
1: sure that we had interviewed you for Latino USA, but it turns out that where I interviewed you was for my television show, and I used to have a television talk show in Boston at WGBH, and so that was. A ver cuantos años Gioconda? Must have been like at least 2006 yeah almost 20 years since i've seen you and my gosh your daughters grew up you're a
2: grandmother yeah i have six grandchildren wow multiplication of the species very important (laughs) (laughs) so you know
1: gioconda your life and your work have been so intertwined with your country in fact Your country is so much a part of you that your autobiography is called The Country Under My Skin. And so I wanted to ask first, how would you describe your connection to the place where you were born, where you have all of this intense history, commitment, part of a revolution? And of course, Nicaragua, for a certain generation of us,
2: was really huge. That revolution was what occupied my youth and what occupied my dreams and a lot of my energy for many years. And uh, it is connected, of course, with the vibrancy, the greenery, the beauty of the sky, the lake, the volcanoes of Nicaragua. So it is very painful to be here in Madrid Although I like Madrid very much. But to think that I I have been stripped of my nationality, that I have been declared a traitor to my country, that they have confiscated my house and my son's house and my brother's place, and they have also been stripped of their nationality. So it's a very contradictory feeling because my love for Nicaragua remains intact. I always say that it's a portable country. You know that I lived in the United States quite a few years and uh, I still had that attachment to Nicaragua. I never lost it and it's been part of my blood and my my reason for being in a way.
1: I mean, anybody who understands and knows Gioconda Belli and her history understands that she was not going to take this sitting down in fact this is what you did you went on live television
2: <inaudible> And <inaudible> you tore your passport up uh, este papel, que es el me i
1: think you had scissors if i'm not mistaken yes i brought some scissors
2: mira lo que estoy haciendo no voy a dejar de ser quien soy por no tener este documento. Cuando la historia haya olvidado a estos tiranos, yo todavía voy a estar en mis libros como poeta nicaragüense. Así que I took these scissors and I said I'm going to cut this passport to show you that this document doesn't make me nicaraguan. And that when the government of Ortega and Murillo have become a paragraph of the black history of Nicaragua, I'm still going to appear in my books as Joconda Belli, a Nicaraguan author.
1: Joconda, after having been a diplomat for the FSLN for the Sandinistas after having held multiple high-level positions, you begin a pretty intensive criticism of Daniel Ortega. And this is when, in 2018, Daniel Ortega and his government violently repressed. So, La Verdad, La Verdad, yo condam- I don't even know if I have the word for the emotions as you talk about what this person has done in the name of Sandinistas, right? Did you ever imagine that he was capable of this?
2: Yes. I have been a critic of Daniel Ortega and his government since 1990, practically, because I began to see all these signs After we had the electoral defeat in 1990, everything changed within Sandinismo. And Daniel Ortega began a campaign. I think he was afraid that we were going to elect somebody else to lead the party because he had lost the elections. He was a very mediocre person, and we all knew it. You know, he had been made into the representative of the revolution, but he wasn't really the man in the throne, so to speak. He was one of nine. When the elections in 1990 elected Violeta Chamorro, uh, what happened was there was a, a big movement within Sandinismo to change things. And he began to accuse everybody who wanted to change things to be a traitor, to try to get him out of office, and began to use a lot of dirty maneuvers. And since then, it began to be quite evident for many of us that he was going to take Sandinismo into a, an abyss, that it was never going to be the Sandinismo that we had known. And exactly what happened. I mean, he was already with this woman, Rosario Murillo, who had become a, his right-hand person. And this woman has been a very, very bad thing for Nicaragua. It's not like we didn't know that things could turn. But we didn't know the level of cruelty and the level of malice that we have been living through. It's frankly so depressing because, again, it was such a
1: moment of esperanza. Yes. And when I think about your trajectory, Gioconda, it's not the first time that you have stood up to a dictator in your country. You did this during the time of the Sandinistas and... Because of that, you were forced into exile into Mexico and Costa Rica. So I'm wondering now, what is similar and what is different in terms of your experience of exile?
2: Oh, it's very different because when I went to exile in 1975, I was hopeful. There was a a movement, an organization that was really working towards defeating Somoza in an organized way and uh, with a lot of heroism and uh, abnegation and people who were amazing. Now there is no movement. You know, now I left organized politics. I haven't been in a party for a long time. I consider myself an independent person. But this time, the level of repression is such that it's very hard to organize and there is no... No consistent opposition. I think there is a lot of work to create this consistent opposition, and I hope it will happen, but I might not see it for uh, quite a while. So this time, it's, it's sad. And also, you know, I was 25 when I went into exile in 75, so now I am quite a bit older as I say I am in my advanced youth (laughs) and uh, (laughs) so I'm stealing
1: that from you (laughs) a mi avanzada juventud me encanta
2: so you know I also have much more to do in a way because I have worked very hard all these years to write to become a name in Latin American literature. I love what I do I love writing I have realized that what I write sometimes is more important than just being a militant. You know what I mean? If I have the talent to write and to touch the hearts of a lot of people, that is my mission, you know, instead of being a part of a political party or trying to have a political job. So my end in life is to leave a mark with my words, to talk about women, to... Create a voice for women is so important for me. And I realize that in my poetry, in my novels, women have felt a representation of themselves and have felt empowered. And I have celebrated womanhood like I think we should all celebrate it. And I will keep doing it because I think it's, it's very important in this day and age to have a humanistic perspective around the things that are going on in the world and also to celebrate, especially who we are, we women, you know. I think women should eventually become the force of change in the world. And I think the world needs that force of change to survive. The thing is, Gioconda, that you
1: and the other women in the FSLN, you were exactly that You represented change. So I wonder, what has stayed with you from those revolutionary moments, right? And do those moments, do they give you hope or what's been lost since then?
2: If you think about the French Revolution, which to this day is one of the most important revolutions in the world, for the republic to really become a republic, it took almost a hundred years. History is a very long thing, and we live a very short life, comparatively speaking. And so I have to believe that what I have dreamt and what I have done, it's going to give fruit eventually. I cannot rush history. History moves in its own way, but we have to believe and we have to work every day to make a future happen.
1: Coming up on Latino USA, Gioconda shares why she turned to literature after leaving the revolution. And she reads us a poem that speaks of her present moment and that brought me to tears. Stay with us. No te vayas.
0: Support for Latino USA comes from Odoo. If you feel like you're wasting time and money with your current business software or just want to know what you could be missing, then you need to join the millions of other users who switched to Odoo. Odoo is the affordable all-in-one management software with a library of fully integrated business applications that help you get more done in less time for a fraction of the price. To learn more, visit odoo.com latino. That's O D O dot slash latino. Odoo. Modern management made simple.
1: Hey, we're back. Before the break, we were talking with Gioconda Belli, the Nicaraguan poet and former revolutionary fighter who was recently stripped of her citizenship by the government of Daniel Ortega. As we continue our conversation, Gioconda walks us through the path she took in literature after leaving the Sandinista revolution that toppled a U.S.-backed dictator. Here's the rest of our conversation. With all of the tumult in your life, in your country, right? Because you leave Nicaragua in the 1990s, you move to California. And during all of this time, you're writing, right? As you said, it's, it's your writing. I mean, you touched me not because you were a diplomat, la verdad, la verdad. You touched me because you were a writer and a poet and who was bringing Latin American women to life. So what do you think that the fact that you've literally been able to dedicate yourself to writing, what has it brought to your life?
2: Well, it's creativity. You know, Vargas Llosa, he wrote an essay about García Márquez called "The Historia de un Deicidio. And uh, he said that the writers create worlds, and in that world they are kind of God because they can decide who lives, who dies, whatever. I am fascinated by the workings of the human mind. And how when you are writing, when you are creating, there is this energy that surprises you about how everything that you have lived somehow can become fiction, can become poetry. It's nurtured by all these experiences that you have had in life. So I think it gives me incredible satisfaction. It makes me feel that I have a a job You know, I feel employed, and that's very important. Also, poetry makes me connect to people in an incredible way. When you see people react and tell you what they have felt, it's very moving and a very powerful experience of connection with other humans.
1: Gioconda, so what would you say of, for example, the lived experiences that you have as a revolutionary and how some of this has translated into what you write in fiction.
2: My work wouldn't be what it is if I had not been through the revolution. I think the revolution made me who I am. Uh, a lot of my experience comes from that. The good and the bad yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, have yeah. come from being in that process, from being part of it. I learned how to conquer my fear. I learned how to think in a more profound way the need to learn about history, about social movements. I mean, it enriched me in so many ways. And I also met my husband, Charlie, when I was the spokesperson for the Sandinistas. <laughs> and here, you know, I, I lived a very interesting life with him, having to go to the United States, which I had never thought I would do. And so its it's all these things have a... A way to express themselves in the writing, in the things that we write.
1: And when I'm thinking about that and and the fact that you have turned your life into poetry, I'm thinking about one thing in particular that you shared with me the last time I interviewed you. We were talking about being moms. I was a mother of smaller children at that time. And you told me that your daughter wrote an essay to get into college about how many times her mother... The revolutionary, feminist, Latin American poet had to leave, had to leave the kids behind because mom was busy making revolutionary things happen in her writing and in her life. And the line that has stuck with me, Gioconda, desde entonces, is when your daughter said that she knew mom was gone when she would get to the bathroom and she realized that your toothbrush was gone. And, you know, I spent so much and still spend so much time on the road. And I wonder how you have understood this thing that we have, all women, but certainly Latin American women, Latinas, la culpabilidad, you know, because la familia tiene que ser el centro, the first thing, you know, el culto de la mamá, we have to be the best moms. How have you dealt with any of the residual guilt or not?
2: You know, I was so dedicated to the idea and was so convinced that I was doing something good for them. You know, they could not see it, but that in a way they were going to be able to grow in a country that would be different. One of the things that I thought all the time was, I am doing something that is going to make these girls have a better life than I ever had, and they will never have to do this, what I am doing, to gain their freedom and to be able to have a life that is not dangerous, and that is free and just. And one of the most awful things that happened to me when the Contra War began was the first time I had to take my kids, my two girls, to a burial of one of their friends that had been killed in the military service. So when that happened, it was very hard. Now what I think is that when I see them as grown-up women, as mothers. I have a poem about that. It's called The Mother of My Daughters because it's really, I see that I must have done something good because they are amazing people. (laughs) So that's my consolation. But yes, it was hard for them. It was hard for me. And I think all of us women go through that. More and more women are faced with that problem. And it's a problem because the Way the society is organized, especially the, the world of labor, is organized for men who have wives. Exactly. If you don't have a wife, if you don't have anybody at home that is going to take care of the domestic part, yes, you're going to have that problem. But you know, that's why I wrote a novel called The Country of Women. One thing.
1: Gioconda is, as as we were talking, I was like, you know, people don't realize that Nicaragua is a country of poets. You're a poet. Sergio Ramirez is a poet. Ernesto Cardenal. These are all people who ran the government of Nicaragua, run by poets. And a few months ago, you were awarded from Spain the Reina Sofia Ibero-American Poetry Prize, one of the most important literature awards for writers in Spanish. Yay! <laughs> Congratulations, <Yeah. laughs> I know. I mean, eso es una cosa fabulosa. Yeah. Also, the governments of Chile and of Spain have offered you and people exiled from Nicaragua citizenship. And you accepted that from Spain. And even though we love Madrid, it's a great, you know, phenomenal place to be. ¿Cómo está tu vida? Like, how is your life at this moment?
2: Well, I think about Sisyphus. You know, Camille has this beautiful essay about Sisypho, this mythical figure that was punished by having to bring a rock up to the top of a hill, and then the rock will always go back down. And Camille said that one had to find the rebel in oneself that would do that with joy, that would find the joy of having to bring the rock down instead of feeling defeated, And so I feel a little bit like Sisyphus, but I am a very privileged and happy Sisyphus because I love Madrid. I think the solidarity of the Spanish people with me have been amazing. It's consoled me so much. I feel recognized. I feel accepted. And, you know, my everyday life is, I live in a very small apartment, but it's fine. I have never been too attached to things, I have been in and out of houses for most of my life, but it's sad. I miss my house. I miss my dogs. I had to leave the dogs, my books, you know. So it's a kind of strange feeling, but I, I don't have a tragic spirit. So I I try to see the good side. I have a sister here that I almost never saw before. I have been traveling a lot. So I have a busy life and I feel safe. The feeling of fear that we had in Nicaragua since 2018, you never knew what was going to happen to you. You never knew when they were going to come for you because it was a crazy, it's a very irrational way of governing. They do unreal things. I mean, for example, now they are not letting into the country people who are family members of the ones that have been stripped of their nationality. And so any family member, when they leave the country, they are always afraid if they are going to be allowed to come back. And many of them have not been allowed to come back.
1: When you say you feel safe now, I'm like, there was a time when it was the United States that was actually making it unsafe for you in your country in Nicaragua. And so just for a moment, for the Americans, right? Yeah. Para los americanos, who are kind of unaware of how deeply involved the United States has been in terms of the political history of Nicaragua and the ugly political history of Nicaragua and other Central American nations. What would you say to them?
2: Well, you know, the foreign policy of the United States towards Central America has been dismal and uh, was horrible during the 80s and during the Reagan administration. I mean, part of the reason why the Nicaraguan Revolution and the Sandinista Revolution failed was because it was attacked relentlessly by the Reagan administration. And we had to dedicate a lot of effort to the war when we would have wanted to be teaching people how to read and write. So that was, I feel, an incredible resentment for the time that the United States had that policy against Nicaragua. I think it's changed. I think it's better now. But I had a lot of trouble going to live in the United States. They had classified me as an ineligible alien because before Perestroika and all that, they had the McCarran-Walters Act and that established ideological exclusions.
1: Yeah, you were a threat. You were perceived to be a communist, which back then was the worst
2: thing ever. So I was ideologically excluded. And every time I had to go to the United States, especially when I began to go out with Charlie and we wanted to be together, it was very hard. I mean, I spent a lot of time trying to get my residency. It was very hard. I cannot tell you my fear every time I went through U.S. immigration.
1: Jukonda, I know that you know what day it is today. It is, in fact, on July 19th that you and I are speaking. And for those people who know, if you know, you know, July 19th, 1979 is the moment of the Sandinista revolutionary triumph. It was extraordinary. I don't think it's by chance that you and I are talking on El 19 de Julio. But here's my final question. You have always said that you consider yourself a little bit of a bruja. Una brujita, a, a witch, basically, somebody who can predict things. So any visions that you have for the future of your country or even for you and if you'll ever go back?
2: Oh, that's a hard question right now because my witch's powers are not very good at this moment.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we needed to rev them up. I didn't give you enough of a warning.
2: <laughs> I, I envision A different time for the whole world, because I think we are going through a bad period, but these bad periods give rise to good periods. And so it's like this constant circle. And I can't believe that humanity is going to not realize its potential. And I, I do feel that women are going to have a huge part in this new era that we have to inaugurate.
1: We're in the womb of the darkness, but hopefully there will be light on the other side. Yoconda, you wanted to read a poem for us. So tell us a little bit about why and what you chose.
2: Well, this is a poem that I wrote once I realized I was out of Nicaragua and didn't know where I was going to be. This is a poem about my feeling of loss, but also my feeling of strength. It's called I Have Nowhere to Live. I have nowhere to live. I chose the word. My books were left behind. My home, the garden, its hummingbirds, the massive palms named Bismarck for their imposing presence. I have no place to live. I chose the word to speak for those who are silenced, to understand a rage that nothing can appease. Every door is shut. I left the white sofas, the terrace, the dancing volcanoes in the distance, the lake's phosphorescent skin, night revealing the city's multicolored lights. I left carrying my words under my arm. They are my crime, my sin. Not even God could force me to recant. My dogs, Macondo and Caramelo, left behind. The sweet shape of their faces, their love from nose to tail, my bed with its mosquito net, the place to close my eyes and imagine a world transformed according to my wishes. It was not to be. It was not to be. I want to speak the future now, to speak my heart, throw up revulsion and disgust. My clothes idle in the closet, my shoes the landscape of my days and nights, the sofa where I write, the windows. I have taken to the streets with my words. I embrace them. I choose them. I am free, even if I have nothing. Ay, to your llorar. I'm sorry. Oh, I am sorry too. <laughs>
1: That's what I'm like. I'm like, you see, that's why you love Gioconda, (laughs) baby. Because she makes you cry even when you're alone or when you're lucky enough to have it serenaded to you in your ears. Oh, my God, that was so beautiful. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining me on Latino USA. Gioconda, ha sido un placer. I wish I could hug you. That would be my greatest joy, is to give you a hug. So
2: happy to hear you.
1: This episode was produced by Victoria Estrada and edited by Andrea López Cruzado. It was mixed by Julia Caruso. The Latino USA team also includes Marta Martinez, Mike Sargent, Daisy Contreras, Renaldo Leaños Jr., Patricia Zulbaran, and Elizabeth Loenthal Torres. Our editorial director is Fernanda Santos. Our director of engineering is Stephanie Lebeau. Our associate engineers are Gabriela Baez and JJ Carubin. Our marketing manager is Luis Luna. Our theme music was composed by Zena Rubinos. I'm your host and executive producer, Maria Hinojosa. Join us again on our next episode. In the meantime, look for us on all of your social media. And remember, no te vayas. Ciao.
0: Latino USA is made possible in part by California Endowment, building a strong state by improving the health of all Californians. The John D. and Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation and the heising Simons Foundation, unlocking knowledge, opportunity, and possibilities. More at hsfoundation.org.
1: Ay, mujer, no me puse mis pintalabios, que, you know, you're, you're <laughs> the expert at the pintalabios, pero este. Ay. ay, qué gusto, qué chulo verte y gracias, mujer. I can't wait to see you.